What is going on, true crime fans? I'm your host, Heath. And I'm your host, Daphne. And you're listening to Going West. Howdy, everybody. Usually that's Daphne's line. (laughs) But it is now November. The holidays are coming up. Everybody's kind of hunkering down in the cold weather. I'm loving it. Yeah, me too. And that's a great time to binge through all of the Going West library. We have tons of episodes, actually 148 of them. Yes, we're almost we're almost to 150. What the hell are we going to do? I know it's crazy. We might have to do something special. Um, But, you know, we really appreciate everybody who's been sharing the show. If you haven't been, please do, because it really helps us out. We love all the amazing reviews that you guys leave. Uh, It really brightens our day. Yes, and we do have a Patreon. If you've already binged all of our regular episodes and you want more, even though we're doing two a week, you can't get enough, right? I mean, who... Who doesn't need more content? Exactly. So we have um, like almost 55 bonus episodes on our Patreon, and we're about to release this crazy Italian case this week. So stay tuned for that. We'll talk more about it in our Friday episode. And thank you guys so much again for all the great feedback about the second episode a week. It's been really fun. We're loving doing it. And today's case is insane. Yeah, we've got a crazy case coming to you guys out of Michigan. All right, guys, this is episode 149 of Going West, so let's get into it. In November of 2018, an inspiring 31-year-old woman headed to a Grand Rapids pub with an old friend, and she was never seen again. What followed was a neighbor's horrific discovery in a shared basement, a retired police sergeant's attempted cover-up for his son, and an utterly shocking display of evidence in a Michigan apartment. This is the story of Ashley Young. Ashley Regina Marie Young was born on January 14, 1987 in Grand Haven, Michigan, to her mother, Christine Young, and father, Ambrose Gnode. And Christine was actually told at the age of 18 that she would never be able to have children. But eventually, she did become pregnant with Ashley, which was, you know, as you can imagine, just this incredible relief and excitement for her because she really wanted this. She wanted a child of her own. And we're not sure when, but at some point, a woman named Dana Nelson entered Ashley's life but she was known as Ashley's stepmom and Ashley's mom, Christine's lifelong partner since she wasn't with Ashley's dad, Ambrose. And both Christine and Dana, by the way, just seem like wonderful, supportive, and just awesome moms. Although by all accounts, Ambrose was still present in Ashley's life as well, by the way. Grand Haven, Michigan is right along Lake Michigan. So it's got beautiful beaches, this gorgeous all red lighthouse on a pier, and has pretty consistently hosted around 10,000 people for many years. 
And this is the quaint town that Ashley grew up in as an only child, with, like I said, two badass moms who Ashley was very close with. And a bit more on Dana. So she had two kids of her own, Andrew and Adrian, and they became Ashley's younger brothers. Ashley truly was known as just an incredible person. And I know we discuss this kind of thing in a lot of our cases, but Ashley really seemed to be what we're saying, just an all-around beautiful person. Her mom says that she was full of life and was just kind to people. She was very anti-bully and she made everyone laugh and smile. She knew when to be headstrong and, quote, you were lucky to have her as a friend. Her mom, Christine, also says that she was silly and a bit gullible, like she would always fall for the pranks and tricks that her younger brothers played on her. And her favorite thing to say to people was, if I bought you a smile, would you wear it? Ashley Young attended Grand Haven High School and graduated in 2005, and instead of going off to college right away, she joined the workforce because she knew exactly what she wanted to do, which was to help people. That was a huge passion for her, so she got a job at a group home where she could assist adults with special needs and adults with mental disabilities, and she absolutely loved her job. And eventually at this job, Ashley Young met a man named Jared Chance. Born on January 28, 1989 in beautiful Holland, Michigan, which is known for its tulip festival, to parents Barbara and James Chance, along with his little brother Conrad, Jared was a couple years younger than Ashley. In his teens, he already had a criminal record that included assault, DUIs, underage drinking, shoplifting, and more. And those who knew him actually described him as wild and prone to violent outbursts. Like he was the kid who picked on others, he fought with students in school, he was just all around this big ass bully. Yeah, and if you look at photos of him, it does not seem that way. I mean, he's like a scrawny, redheaded little fuck. Great description. And a longtime friend of his said that he could definitely be a decent person, but mostly he just wasn't very nice. And even Jared himself told Ashley that he couldn't catch a break, and she truly wanted to help him. And by the way, I don't know how much you couldn't catch a break. Like, you're you're just not... You're doing this to yourself, buddy. Yeah, you're just not a good dude. Like, that's all on you. And Ashley really did see his potential, and she wanted to help him turn his life around, and the two became buddies. Ashley showed him kindness, you know, she spent time with him, and although she did this, Jared continued to act out, and here's a bunch of examples on how. In July of 2009, Jared headbutted a police officer in the nose while drunk, and by the way, his parents were here for this, and they just did nothing, like, they didn't care. Then the following year, in the spring of 2010, Jared entered his girlfriend's house in Holland through her dog door without her permission, which obviously completely freaked her out, so she called police. Yeah, and there was also a bit of conflict between Jared and his little brother Conrad. In 2016, they physically fought a lot. On one occasion, they got into a fist fight over a set of car keys, and the police were called. The fight was bad enough that it left Jared with visual damage to his face. But when police asked their father James, who, by the way, is a freaking retired Illinois police sergeant, he said that nothing had gone on and that it was simply two brothers arguing. I feel like he's a total, like, boys will be boys dad. <laughs> Very much so, yeah. Then two days later, Conrad called the police to say that Jared was the one to assault him, not the other way around. And during another fight between Conrad and Jared, 
Jared took a blowtorch and kept putting it close to Conrad's face as if he were trying to burn him. That's like pretty severe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not good. Not a good situation. So then Jared allegedly began hitting Conrad with a stick and told him, I'm going to kill you, F-word, the F-A-G-G-O-T word. And this fight was about Conrad stealing a five-pound weed shipment from Jared that came in from California. Which is really weird, like your dad's a retired police officer, but you've got like pounds of weed. But I mean, think about it this way. He's acting up in so many ways, like in general, you know? Yeah, I'm sure the dad just like can't control what's going on I here. don't even think his dad really cares. Like that, to, to me, it doesn't seem like that, especially just from what he said to the cop about how they just got into an argument when they were in a physical, like straight on fist fight. Yeah, exactly. Other fights included Jared throwing hot coffee on Conrad's face, Jared pointing a Smith & Wesson 22 caliber revolver at Conrad's face and pulling the trigger multiple times, even though it wasn't loaded. You don't do that, though. And even men coming to the Chance house to beat Jared up with an aluminum baseball bat over narcotics. So there were just a lot of calls regarding disturbances and narcotics calls on both Jared and his brother Conrad. Also in 2016, Jared was arrested for possession of methadone and oxycodone. He was placed on probation, but he violated it three times, so this was eventually revoked. So from 2006 to 2016, Jared had 38 run-ins with police. And around the time of that 2016 offense, Ashley moved over to the city of Kalamazoo which is around an hour and a half drive southeast from Grand Haven to attend KVCC, also known as Kalamazoo Valley Community College, with her boyfriend, who was attending Western Michigan University. So they both picked up and moved to Kalamazoo. And speaking of her boyfriend, not only was Ashley's personality just absolutely wonderful, but she was smart and she cared a lot about learning. She was very interested in other cultures and religions, and her boyfriend was Muslim. So she picked the brain of her friend from India and she began studying to convert to Islam. And she even planned to transfer to Western Michigan University after a year or so to study language and culture. And of course, since Ashley moved, she was no longer working at the care home, which she actually stopped working at around 2015. And she had gotten a new job at a bank call center in Kalamazoo. And she loved this job all the same, and she made excellent friends in her coworkers. And also, Jared at this time was living in Grand Rapids, Michigan, which is 45 minutes north of Kalamazoo. And he and Ashley had stopped seeing each other, you know, not, you know, like as friends, years prior because Jared had broken into her apartment and stolen a bunch of stuff. So she took that as kind of the last straw and she didn't want to see him again or try to help him anymore. But in the fall of 2018, a friend of Ashley's convinced her to reconnect with Jared on Facebook. So they started talking again. In November of 2018, Ashley was a couple months shy of her 32nd birthday, which was coming up in January. And she was also a few months into her last year at community college. And she was preparing to graduate in May of 2019 and then head over to Western Michigan University. She and her boyfriend were on a break at this time, but she was known to be doing well and she was excited about the prospects of her future. We know that Ashley was still working at the bank, but we're not sure if Jared was working at this time or really what he was doing with his life. 
But I do kind of want to quickly just describe to you guys the tattoos that Jared had because I think that kind of tells us a, a little bit more about him. He had an image of Al Capone, aka the American gangster Scarface. He had two different tattoos of the Virgin Mary, Jesus's face, Jared, James, and Tori Ann forever, and we're assuming that's probably his ex-girlfriend, the word blessed with two nautical stars, and two hands holding guns pointing at each other, the word lucky, a cross, an image of Scarface with a rose, which I don't know why you need two tattoos of Scarface, uh, an anarchy symbol, a snake, the word loyalty, and the word true. So anyway, Ashley and Jared had reconnected a bit, and she agreed to hang out with him and catch up, and we can only assume that Ashley hoped Jared had changed or that he was doing better with his life but her family just really didn't trust him, and I can't blame her family for this. And they weren't happy that she was going to give him that opportunity. Yeah, the whole Jared friendship was such a sore subject with her family, so her mom described Ashley telling her about her plans to hang out with Jared as a come-to-Jesus talk. Like, that's, that's how serious this was. Right, her family, her mom, just hated this, and it makes sense because Ashley's so sweet she doesn't need him. He needs her in a sense. You know, she's just trying to be nice. And they're like, why are you, why are you giving any of your time, your yeah, precious wasting, time? Yeah, wasting your energy. Yeah, on this guy who is just continuing to be an asshole to everybody. So on the evening of Wednesday, November 28th, 2018, Ashley headed to the East Town neighborhood of Grand Rapids. So again, around a 45-minute drive to meet up with 29-year-old Jared Chance. They met at the Hookah Lounge in Easttown, as well as Mulligan's Pub, which are right next to each other, and Ashley was last seen at about 1.30 a.m. at Mulligan's, and then at Miss Tracy's Liquor Store. Hours later in the morning on Thursday, November 29th, Ashley had planned to visit a friend who had just undergone surgery, but she didn't show up. That day as well, she was supposed to meet with her mom, Christine, to sign a lease on a new apartment because Christine was going to co-sign. But Ashley didn't show up to this either. And it didn't make any sense that she wasn't there because this was a very important meeting and Christine knew that her daughter wouldn't just forget about this. So she texted Ashley and explained that if she didn't respond, she was going to call the police. The following day, which was Friday, November 30th, Ashley didn't show up for work, and that's when her mom, Christine, knew that something had happened to her daughter. None of her friends or family members knew where she was, so Christine called Jared to see if he knew where she was. When he didn't answer, she left him a voicemail saying, Hello, Jared. My name is Christine Young. I'm looking for my daughter. She was last with you. Is she with you? She needs to contact me. Tell her I'm going to contact the police to do a missing person. Jared replied to this with a text that explained Ashley had left her phone at the bar and she went to go pick it up before going to meet with her for the lease appointment. Jared even said that he had just spoken to Ashley and that she was fine. And he then gave Christine the phone numbers of other friends that she may be with. But when Christine called these numbers, none of them worked. However, she was able to get in touch with a man named Demetrius Taylor who is someone that Jared said had seen him with Ashley that night. So he gave, for some reason, Jared gave Christine Demetrius Taylor's name. So then she found Demetrius's phone number, 
But when she called him, Demetrius said he had no idea where Ashley was and he had never even met her and that he had no idea why Jared would say that. So then Christine reported Ashley missing that same morning. Christine also went over to Mulligan's pub to ask the owner for surveillance footage from the night that Ashley went there. And she was able to watch them and see a small glimpse of Ashley on the screen. It's really sad too, because her mom later described that in that moment that she was watching her daughter, you know, on the screen, she just wanted to pull Ashley out of the screen and keep her safe. But sadly, the surveillance footage really didn't bring any answers as to where her daughter could be. So Christine just had to wait for the police to get to work, you know, or better for Ashley to suddenly return unharmed. The next morning, which was Saturday, December 1st, police knocked on Jared Chance's door in Grand Rapids to ask him some questions, but there was no response. Then the next day, police showed up to the same building when a neighbor reported an absolutely horrifying discovery. Heath and I are major sufferers of seasonal allergies. They are the worst. It can even be difficult to host this show when our noses are all clogged up. We have tried brand after brand, but luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. And big shout out to Claritin for supporting this show and providing us with samples. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. I feel like I sneeze all day long. I always have an itchy face, but now I can actually go outside in the grass and not have a sneeze attack or be stuffed up thanks to Claritin D. Are you ready to live as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so that you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. We know you guys love a good mystery, especially one with twists and turns. Am I right? This is why you guys are going to love June's journey. Step into the role of June Parker while she tries to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder in the roaring 1920s. In this hidden object mystery game, put your detective skills to the test. While you're on this quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret, you can customize your very own luxurious estate island and let your imagination run wild. Daphne and I actually love to play this game together because you can chat with and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. It is truly so much fun. You guys are going to love it. So what do you think? Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Do you want to earn cash back while you shop? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out Rakuten, especially because this week, May 6th through May 13th, Rakuten is having their biggest cash back event of the year 
with 15% cash back at hundreds of stores. Rakuten is the shopping platform to use so that you can save big while you shop. They're partnered with over 3,500 stores across all categories, including fashion, beauty, electronics, home essentials, travel, dining, and so many others. Some of our personal favorite participating stores are Ray-Ban, Hydro Flask, Clinique Online, and Verbo, just to name a few. There are so many big stores and brands that you're already buying from. But don't miss this major deal. It's a limited time only with eight days of these high cashback rates, so you can save more than usual. Membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you can get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. As true crime listeners, you're aware of the dangers out there in the world. So why not keep your home as safe and secure as possible? Daphne and I do this by using Simply Safe. For award-winning security and peace of mind, wherever your summer plans take you. When we get ready for our summer trips this year, I will feel so much better about leaving the house knowing that Simply Safe has our back, just freeing me from my constant anxieties. And also something I love is that their system blankets your entire home in protection from break-ins to fires to floods. And with indoor and outdoor cameras to choose from, you will feel safe any time of day or night. And Simply Safe is backed by 24-7 professional monitoring agents to help stop crimes in real time. Which is part of why they were named the best home security system of 2024. Simply Safe has given us and so many listeners real peace of mind, and we want you to have it too. Right now, get 20% off of any new Simply Safe system. With fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com slash going west. There's no safe like Simply Safe. On Sunday, December 2nd, so just three days after Ashley was last seen, Jared's neighbors called the police after discovering something horrific in their shared basement. Jared lived a very short distance from Mulligan's Pub in a southeast Grand Rapids duplex, so a two-unit rental home. And in the other unit was a couple named Yashika Christian and Mario Nelson. On Thursday, November 29th, so less than one full day after Ashley disappeared, Yashika returned home to her unit and smelled what she thought was sewage. She carried on with her Thursday, and then the next day, the day that Ashley was reported missing, Ashley's family and friends went to Jared's house and started looking through his trash. One of Ashley's friends even spoke to Yashika and said that her friend was missing and was last seen with Jared, but Yashika hadn't seen anyone. The next day, Yashika noticed some boxes on the porch, as well as a very full trash can outside, which included work boots on top. And Yashika just figured that Jared was moving out, so between this and Ashley's family looking through the trash just a day earlier, she felt extremely suspicious. So she asked her boyfriend Mario to go downstairs and figure out what he could. And that's when Mario headed into the basement that they shared with Jared, where he too noticed a smell. And then he saw something strange. Something was wrapped in a bloody tarp, 
and lying on the basement steps. This was discovered in the afternoon, so at 4.13 p.m., Yashika and Mario called the police, who arrived on the scene quickly, and discovered that what Mario saw wrapped in tarp was a torso. Police knew Jared had to be behind this, especially since his neighbor told police that Jared once told him that he knew how to commit murder and get away with it. So that evening, they woke him up from his sleep and ordered him out of the house as they used a search warrant to find whatever they could in his home. And crazy enough, the box outside of Jared's door contained other body parts, which were human arms and legs wrapped in black plastic bags. So 29-year-old Jared Chance was charged with mutilation of a dead body and concealing a death. But due to the fact that there was no head, hands, or feet, a coroner tried to identify the victim using alternative tactics. And they did find a few days later on December 7th that the body belonged to 31-year-old Ashley Young. And also found outside his home were black women's boots a few shower curtain rings, and by the way, his shower curtain was missing in his bathroom. I wonder what that was used for. Exactly. And a purple tote bag with another pair of women's shoes and a medicine bottle. And then in another box found outside Jared's front door, like this is all just chilling on his porch, was a black trash bag with blood-stained women's clothing as well as blood-stained bedding, all of which later matched Ashley's DNA. I can't believe that this idiot actually was telling people that he could get away with murder and then he's just leaving boxes of like human remains on his front porch like I, I don't think so I've so stupid. I don't think I've ever read about somebody less capable of getting away with murder than Jared Champ. Literally. Truly an idiot. Of course, Ashley's family was completely and utterly horrified, disgusted, confused and just devastated that their beautiful and wonderful Ashley was now gone. When Christine learned that her daughter had been dismembered, she thought back to a bizarre feeling that she had the night that Ashley is thought to have been murdered. On Thursday, November 29th, 2018, Christine's entire body went cold at 5.45 a.m. And she remembered her legs and arms were completely numb. It was a very strange and sudden feeling that eventually went away. But thinking back to it and realizing what had happened to her daughter, she wondered if at that very time, her daughter was either being killed or dismembered. This like fully gave me chills when I first read about this, this detail because I personally believe that she was somehow sensing either her daughter's death or dismemberment in the moment as it was happening. Because I, I think I mentioned this back when we covered my aunt Carol Wolsencroft's case back in episode 100. So forgive me if I'm repeating myself. But the night that she went missing in Florida and the night that we presume she was murdered, my mom, who is Carol's sister, was in Los Angeles shopping for wallpaper. And she says that she suddenly, out of nowhere, dropped all the wallpaper that was in her hands and screamed. And then she ran out of the store. This is my mom again. And at this point, she had no idea that Carol was missing or that anything was wrong at all. And I've always said that my mom is like psychic or she can feel or sense things. My whole life I've thought this. And I don't know. I just feel like this detail about Ashley's mom is not only heartbreaking, but real in my opinion. Like it's just kind of uncanny, especially by the way, 
because Ashley's last text was sent at 5.46 a.m. So a minute after or at the very same time that her mom is having this numbing feeling. And we don't even know what she said, unfortunately, or if she was the one to send it, which I kind of doubt. But yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I too feel that your mom has some psychic abilities. Like, not not to get weird on you guys, but uh, yeah. like. Oh my God, it's so true. Yeah, so, and I can't imagine having that feeling that Christine is having, you know, or thinking back to that feeling that she was having. It's just so, you know? so strange. And again, about the whole last text thing, I, I personally don't really see Ashley being up until 6 a.m. and with Jared and alive. I just don't really see that. So what if, for whatever reason, Jared sent a text from her phone? Again, I don't know who it was to or what it said. I looked really hard. I couldn't find it. But it's just bizarre. And obviously about this whole, like, psychic talk, I know everybody has different feelings. I'm not saying my mom is a psychic or that Christine is a psychic. I'm just saying that, you know, some people think that some people have a certain abilities or feelings or senses. And I'm not saying that that is concretely true, but I think there are some things that really just can't be explained. So anyway, other evidence found at Jared's home include a utility knife that was found in the trap of the toilet, meaning that he tried to flush it. There was also latex gloves, plastic wrap, a blood-stained bath mat, blood on a kitchen tile, blood and human tissue in the kitchen sink trap, a mop and sponge with human blood on them, and much more. Yeah, again, this guy who thinks he's Dexter Morgan is literally just leaving all of this evidence behind. I mean, it is a lot. Like there there was also a, a blood and tissue splattered hoodie found in a dumpster near Jared's home, which by the way, there is video footage of Jared putting items in that trash. Investigators also discovered that on November 28th and 29th, Jared went to a store and bought beer, black plastic bags, and ammonia. Like, this guy is the least discreet person ever. He was also seen on security footage throwing an orange bag away in the dumpsters by this store. And when police looked inside, they found said orange bag filled with a prescription bottle that said Ashley Young on it women's clothing like a hoodie with a hood covered in blood and jeans also containing blood and Ashley's purse that included her IDs. Also, you may be wondering if Ashley's vehicle was found and it was. Her car was parked up the street from Jared's apartment. So there is just so much evidence here. But on top of all this, investigators learned that after Ashley's murder, Jared spent time at his parents' house. So of course, They want to check out their house and, you know, question them as well. And during this search of the home, investigators found a skill reciprocating saw just laying under their living room couch, and it had blood and human tissue on it. Also found in the Chance family home was a blood-stained washcloth, and then human blood and tissue was found in the Chance's Honda CRV. So, Ashley's cause of death was ruled undetermined, but the coroner concluded that her manner of death was homicide, and her head, hands, and feet were never found. The only thing that could really possibly indicate a cause of death were two shell casings from a 22 caliber revolver, which remember, Jared had one, 
that were found in the furnace of Jared's apartment. And we know, by the way, the neighbors had witnessed Jared playing with the 22 caliber revolver and it made them feel unsafe. The coroner was able to determine that Ashley did not die from natural causes or an overdose, and since her head has never been recovered, it's speculated that she was potentially shot in the head. But we'll get into this a little bit more when we discuss the trial. First, let's talk about how Jared's family is involved in this crime. On Saturday, December 1st, 2018, which is the day that Kalamazoo police went to Jared's apartment, and the day before Ashley's remains were found, Jared's parents and brother Conrad picked Jared up from his Grand Rapids apartment and took him back to their home in Holland, which is like 30 minutes away. With him, he brought multiple items, including a box lined with plastic and something inside. The following day, December 2nd, James Chance, who's Jared's dad, took Jared to the Grand Rapids Police Department to make a full confession but they were denied, apparently. So Jared's attorney later said that the reason they were turned away is because it was, quote, an issue for investigators in Kalamazoo, since this was the Grand Rapids police and Ashley had been reported missing in Kalamazoo. However, the Grand Rapids police say otherwise, that Jared and James came in and James demanded that his son be given an attorney to speak. But since the Grand Rapids police hadn't even brought Jared in for questioning, they didn't even know really what he was there to discuss, they didn't get him an attorney. So then James and Jared left, and Jared went back to his apartment that day with the box of Ashley's remains that police later found on his doorstep, as we discussed before. Then that afternoon, when Jared was arrested, he invoked his right to remain silent and hasn't spoken a word about what really happened to Ashley. But he was apparently ready to tell all earlier when he voluntarily went in with his dad. In a transcript from December of 2018, James Chance stated, He indicated to me that he put parts all over town in trash things, the trash. That is my inference. He indicated to me that he put them all over town. And this is referencing what Jared did with Ashley's other remains, as well as other evidence. Sometimes Daphne and I are doing research for Going West, and we subscribe to different newspapers from all around the country, and then we forget to unsubscribe. But that's exactly why we love Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. You'll be able to see all of your subscriptions in one place, and if you see something you don't like, Rocket Money can help you cancel it in just a few taps. It is seriously that easy. And that's why Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things that you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash going west. That's rocketmoney.com slash going west. Rocketmoney.com slash going west. At this point, police know that Jared told his family everything that he did on December 1st when they picked him up, and that they even potentially tried to help him cover it all up. So on December 12th, 76-year-old retired police sergeant James Chance and his 63-year-old wife Barbara Chance 
were charged with perjury and being accessories after the fact. And although James told the judge that he wasn't guilty, police say that both parents knew that Jared had killed Ashley and mutilated her body, and they did not disclose this information to police. On January 3rd, 2019, Jared Chance was charged with murder and four counts of tampering with evidence. And as the following days proceeded and court hearings were had, all the truth about Jared's abuse to his brother, the statements made by neighbors, etc., were made. Conrad Chance testified on January 10th that his brother had a, quote, very disturbed look on his face when he and his parents picked him up on December 1st from his apartment. Conrad confirmed that Jared carried boxes into their parents' Honda CRV, but that none of them asked what was inside. And this was Conrad defending his father during his probable cause hearing, during James's probable cause hearing, regarding whether or not he was an accessory to murder. But then you kind of have to wonder if Conrad was involved too, and if everyone is just trying to defend their family. The following day, during Jared's probable cause hearing, all the evidence from his home was discussed, and the prosecution, as well as police, explained that they believe Jared shot Ashley Young in the head, or there was blunt force trauma to her head before he dismembered her. And this is believed for a few reasons. So one, there was that excessive blood content in her hoodie. And then two, shell casings were found in Jared's furnace. And three, since her head was never found, it's believed that it was hidden the best because it would indicate her cause of death. In September of 2019, Jared Chance rejected a plea deal of second degree murder for a full confession, including the location of Ashley's remains. But his response was, I'd like to go to trial. Which makes him seem really confident that he's not going to be found guilty. Like, yeah, what? Yeah, it's really not smart. So with this plea deal, he would need to serve at least 31 years in prison, meaning he would be released by the time he was around 60 years old. But if found guilty without this plea deal, he would face 87 years or more in prison. So with that, the jury selection began, and these potential jurors were warned of the five extremely graphic photos that they would have to see, and which one juror actually had to sit out of the trial because of. All of the evidence that we've discussed in this episode was presented at trial, and many people testified, including Demetrius Taylor, Mario Nelson, Yashika Christian, a Mulligan's pub employee, etc. Demetrius Taylor, who, remember, had spoken to Christine after Jared gave her his name, testified and said that he told the truth, that he really had never actually met Ashley, and he didn't know why Jared would say that he had seen her. And after their conversation, Christine told this to Jared, asked to say, you know, kind of, why are you lying to me? And then Jared texted Demetrius saying, you're fucking stupid, bro, and you just fucked me, bro, delete all these messages. When Jared's neighbor, who remember is Mario Nelson, testified, he explained that he knew Jared had a revolver and that one time Jared spun the gun around a table while they were hanging out, which made Mario super uncomfortable. He also stated that Jared bragged that he knew how to get rid of a body because his dad used to be in the Irish mob. When Yashika Christian testified, 
she said that she saw Jared driving Ashley's Ford Focus on November 30th, so the day that Ashley was reported missing. She knew it was Ashley's car because it was confirmed later, but also she and Mario were asked by Jared to help unlock Ashley's car because she had apparently locked her keys inside. And they didn't remember the exact date, you know, because this is like a, almost a year later, so they didn't remember exactly when that happened, but they knew that it was around the time that she went missing. So potentially after the fact, and maybe this was Jared trying to break into her car so that he could move it, you know, this speculation, but it's definitely possible. Yeah, one of the very minimal things he did to try and cover his tracks. Right, it, literally like one of the only things, yeah. So as we know, the skill saw was found under Jared's parents' couch, and Ashley's DNA was found on it. And by the way, this was definitely the type of saw that could cut through bone. So it just begs the question if Jared hid the saw without his parents knowing, or if that was somehow their really bad joint attempt at helping Jared hide evidence. Because again, barely anything was really hidden. I mean, this was a terrible job, luckily, for the case, but... Come on. You would think that if his, you know, his father is a police sergeant or retired police sergeant, that, you know, he wouldn't just hide a skill saw with human tissue on it underneath of his own couch. I I would think the same thing, but then you kind of have to think that about everything in this case, that if his parents really were trying to help him cover it up, which I fully believe that they knew everything that he did, they didn't really do a good job, which kind of makes you wonder about the dad. Like, don't you know about this kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, exactly. So during Jared's trial, Christine said to Jared as she clutched Ashley's cremated remains in a box, you do not deserve to breathe. If I want to hug, I have to hug a box. You will never tell me where she is because you like to torment people. You like to hurt them. You enjoy it. You had no right to take her from me. Jared Chance, I hate you. I want to rip you limb from limb and discard you, just like you did to Ashley. You threw her out like trash, and she was your friend. Why? I'll spend the rest of my life hating you. And while she said this, Jared showed no emotion and didn't explain why he did what he did, what he did, or show any sort of remorse. Jared Chance was found guilty and was sentenced to 100 to 200 years in prison. And the judge said that this sentencing was this long because of the brutality of the crime, the lack of remorse, and also the lies and misrepresentations to Ashley's mom. Because remember, after Jared had already killed Ashley, he told her mom on the phone that he had just spoken to her and that she was fine. The judge also said, This is without question the worst case that I've ever been involved with. What you did and what I saw in the photographs was reprehensible and heinous. You, sir, in my mind, are a very evil individual. You're clearly a monster without any conscience whatsoever. You are someone who is a danger to society and should never be allowed free. The judge even felt as though throughout the trial that Jared seemed to be deriving pleasure from some of these testimonies. Which I'm not surprised about. He's just a total piece of shit. He just, yeah, he loves this attention. And that's why actually I feel like he wanted to go to trial because he wanted the attention. There is no way that he thought that going to trial, at least in my mind, that he was going to be found not guilty. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't be, I mean, he's pretty stupid, but you couldn't be that ignorant to not know 
that with all this evidence, you're not going to be found guilty. That's why I think that he went to trial so that he could get this attention, so that he could hear what everyone had to say, and so he could just laugh about it. Yeah, he just reveled in it. Exactly. So in June of 2020, James and Barbara Chance were both given jail time and probation for their roles in the crimes. Pretty small jail time, but basically James was given just a month in jail, and Barbara, for whatever reason, she was sentenced to 45 days in jail. They also were both given one year's probation. Jared Chance, by the way, also appealed his 100 to 200 years of prison for second-degree murder and dismemberment, as well as his order to pay $1,000 in court costs. But in January of 2021, three judges denied this. So 32-year-old Jared James Chance's earliest scheduled release date is December 1st, 2118. I don't even know how to say that. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know seriously. what I mean? Uh, see you never. Yeah, 2118, I guess, is maybe what people will say. And the maximum discharge date is December 1st, 2218, meaning he will spend the rest of his days serving time at the Saginaw Correctional Facility in Freehand, Michigan, for the unthinkable things that he did to a woman who is described as the sunshine of your life, Ashley Young. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this episode of Going West. Yes, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode, and Friday we'll have an all-new case for you guys to dive into. I know this episode was a little bit more gruesome than cases we usually discuss, but and I actually just learned about this case very recently, and I was blown away by how just utterly horrific it is. I know, it's just honestly so tragic, and Ashley just looked like the most, like, oh my god, wonderful person. Like, she just looks so sweet. Yeah, and again, I know Heath, you said this in the beginning, but it's like, of course, you know, when we talk about victims, we like to talk about the good things about them because they're a victim of a horrible, horrible tragedy, and, and they deserve at least that, you know? But with this, I mean, truly, she just seemed like such an amazing young woman. And please go look at photos of her. She was just beautiful, lovely, lovely person. Yeah, we're going to have all of those photos from this case and other cases on all of our social medias. Uh, Instagram, at Going West Podcast. Twitter, at Going West Pod. And then we also have a Facebook discussion group that you guys can join in and uh, talk about cases. Yeah, go look up on Facebook, Going West Discussion Group. That is where we just love talking to you guys. Heath and I are always starting conversations and replying to people. We love that group. So please go join. Um, That's where everyone can talk to each other about what they thought about cases. So it's a kind of a good way to get out your feelings on, on these cases. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Thank you for sharing the show. Thank you for joining Patreon, patreon.com slash going west podcast. We just appreciate all of you guys so much. You mean the world to Heath and I, and we just love you. All right, guys. So for everybody out there in the world, don't be a stranger. (laughs) 